Welcome to The Saint Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Our vision is to bring hope to the people of East London, and I'm praying that you would feel so encouraged by this week's talk. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness to each one of us, that you love us, that you're here, that you're good, and that you don't let us down, that you're going to meet with each one of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you like to grab a seat? Welcome to those of you who joined us online. And um, as you know, well, you may not know if you're visiting, but we are um, one church that meets across multiple parishes now across East London. There are 10 different Sunday services happening, um, and 11, I guess, if you count online, across the day today. And there's some of them are gathering in West Ham, in Leighton, in Shoreditch, and here in Hackney. And it's so good to have you here. And why don't we just welcome those who are perhaps here for the first time, or if those who are watching online joining us, can we just welcome them? So I know they're at home. It's so good to be together. And I don't know if you live in Hackney Central, but um, if, you, uh, if you do, uh, you will have been woken up quite early this morning, perhaps, if you live within earshot of the church. At about 6.45 this morning, uh, a member of our congregation, Errol, um, Errol Kennedy, who um, some of you will know, Errol is married to Bev. I think there's a photo of Errol going to come up on the screen. Um, uh, you can remove the word come. That's a different, that, that's, the, that's the point I'm about to make in a moment. Um, but Errol um, is an amazing guy. He's a pop star. He was in a band, Imagination, in the 80s. Anyone remember the band, Imagination? Really big deal. They're actually like... Like they've gone, like like they're really cool, like like in a new way now because everyone's like that was insane what you did in the 80s. So Errol is a producer, he is a musician, he's an amazing guy. Um, and Bev, his wife, they live literally 300 meters from here. And um, a, a while ago, um, I think as as part of Errol's journey, he was like, I want to make my life make a difference. And so he started this idea of a drumathon, and he's gathering like all the big gun drummers from around the world, like the guy from Coldplay, and basically all the guys who are like legendary drummers. And Errol is like the, the head drummer of the drummers. I don't know, if they, we ever have a, like a, like if we never need to go to war with drummers, we'll bring Errol out. But he's gathering them all together, and they're doing this thing called a, a drumathon, and he set off this morning at 6.45 from outside the church, walking 26 miles from here to Windsor Castle, where he ends up tonight. And he said, you know, I want to start a church, um, and I want the church to pray for me. So I came out, this is me in my running gear, as you can see, and we prayed for Errol, and then he headed off down like Mayor Street through the city. I don't know where he is right now, but he's on his way to Windsor, and uh, I just would love to encourage you. Can we just make some noise for Errol uh, right now? We love you. And Errol has with him quite a large support team, um, and what they do is there's a van, uh, a big the van in the background drives along, there's a guy on a bicycle with like flags, and the main thing, because Errol is drumming and walking, the main thing they're trying to do is keep Errol hydrated, because it's a beautiful day, and when you're drumming and walking, you sweat, you use a lot of like, you know, like water, and um, their main job all along the way is to plan, he's going to go one-handed at points, and he's going to have a drink, and they're going to give the bottle back to somebody, and basically all the way through those 26 miles, Miles, Errol in this amazing outfit is going to get hydrated because it's important to stay hydrated, right? You know that. So I want to talk to you today with a simple question. The question I want to ask you is, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Because I don't know what your journey looks like. I don't know how you came here today. I don't know where you're heading. But I'll bet you along the way, you are going to need to keep hydrated, Right? You're going to need to keep hydrated. We all need water, and that's because the majority of our bodies are made up of water. 60% of our body, in fact, 75% of the brain is, in fact, water. Most of my brain is coffee this time of day, to be honest, but 
you know, we need water to stay alive. It only takes 1% of our water to evaporate from our body, and our body will start to require you to top that up. So literally a 1% margin. What happens is, as you know, the body, when it starts to dehydrate, will send a signal to the brain. The brain will tell the body that you need water. And the way it does that is through the mechanism of thirst. So pretty quickly, you will find that your body will tell you you are in need of replenishing your water. You need a drink. You are thirsty. Thirst is good for you. It indicates that there's something that needs refreshing. So next time you're thirsty, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing, right? You know that your body requires you to hydrate. It needs you to top up that thirst as you go. In the same way our, that our bodies require physical refreshment, the Bible uses the analogy of water to describe the need for our souls to keep being refreshed spiritually. You may not consider yourself particularly religious. Well, join the club. You may not be like a regular church goer, in which case you are so welcome. But know this, you are very much still spiritual. As a being, you have a soul. Your soul requires refreshing in the same way that your body requires refreshing. I wonder today if you are thirsty. Maybe you feel dry spiritually. Maybe it's been a long decade or a long pandemic. Maybe you feel like, oh, I could do with a drink. Maybe you're burnt out on religion. Maybe you've tried lots of things to get help, but nothing has worked. Deep down inside, we all have this thirst, a thirst for reality, a thirst for spiritual connection. And the good news is that God has spiritual water for you and I. That's the message of the Bible, that we don't have to go through life parched. We don't have to go through life on the verge of collapsing. God has water for your soul and my soul. But the question is, how do you find it? Well, the good news is it's not secret knowledge. It's not like a degree in theology. You don't need to be like, um, into like advanced spirituality or self-improvement. It can't be bought. It can't be earned. The water of life the Bible tells us it's a free gift. It's something we receive for free. And the gift is not like a, a gift that you would buy in a shop for yourself. It's a gift that actually comes through connection with a person. Not a religious system, not a philosophy, but a person who wants to give you and I this gift. So we're going to look at a verse or two in John's Gospel. If you have a Bible with you, turn with me, but if not, it'll be on the screens. John's Gospel is uh, written by a, a, an amazing friend of Jesus, John, who was an eyewitness to the story of Jesus. And if you want to read it, it's all about water. The whole story of John's Gospel traces water from Jesus' first miracle, turning water into wine, to Jesus on the cross. Water is all the way through John's Gospel. And in John chapter 7, we get the kind of point. It's like the kind of reveal in John's story of Jesus. The point is this, that the water is a gift spiritually that comes not through religion, but through relationship with a person. Look with me at John chapter 7, verse 37. And it says this. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood up and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me. 
and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture says, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the spirit, whom those, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the spirit had not yet been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. A little context these verses. The Jewish people celebrated a bunch of festivals each year. And one of the key festivals was a festival called the Festival of Tabernacles. And Tabernacles was kind of like Christmas. It was a big deal. And what would happen is they would remember and commemorate and celebrate the desert years of the people of God. When they came out of Egypt, you remember the, the, the story, and they, they went into the wilderness, and they walked around in the wilderness for a generation or two. And during that time, they were thirsty. They were parched. At moments in that story, they even got to the point of death because they were so in need of water. And there's one moment in that story when Moses, you'll remember, we looked at it a couple of weeks ago, takes a stick and he smacks the rock. God tells him to strike a rock, and the rock splits open, and water comes out, and it refreshes the people, and they survive. And every year, it's such a big deal that they go back and they remember and they commemorate and they celebrate the provision of water to refresh them physically. But also, God was teaching them a lesson about how he will provide for us spiritually. Maybe you are in a desert place today. Maybe you feel thirsty. Maybe you've sensed, like, I, I need to see God provide for me, I have this thirst, I have this hunger, I have this deep need, but I don't know where it's going to come from. And then we read in verse 37 that something happens. It's on the last and greatest day of the feast. In other words, it's like the headline moment of the festival. Think of Saturday night at Glastonbury. This is the, the, the big moment. And in that moment, the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stands up. And he speaks in a loud voice. Now understand this. When a teacher wanted to address a, a, a kind of a, a festival or a gathering, it's a bit like when they got Jeremy Corbyn out at the live stage in Glastonbury. Do you remember they all came out and was like, oh, Jeremy Corbyn. Like they were listening because he stood up and he spoke. Jesus stands up and he speaks, and he says something absolutely essential. Rather than pointing towards a religious system or a philosophy or like all the great religious teachers of the world pointing away for themselves at God, if you do this, then this will happen, Jesus says, come to me. He says, the answer for your spiritual thirst is a relationship with me, is a connection with me. And not only does he do this, but he does it, note, in a loud voice. Why would he do that? Because it's not just for the front row, it's for the back of the balcony. God wants you and I to hear this today. It's important enough for God to stand up in our lives and to say in a loud voice, come, come and drink. Come if you're thirsty. And the good news is this promise, this invitation still stands all these years later. God is inviting you and I today to come. He wants to fill you. The question, and let me ask it again, is are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Well, you may be thirsty. You may say, yeah, I'm, I, I just, I'm desperate. 
I'm done with 2022 already. I need refreshing. My soul is tired. Or you may say, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I, I had a good drink this morning. I'm good. I've got a coffee in my bag. I'm okay. But let me, let me explain really three practical things that will happen if we want to ex- experience more of the love and the purpose and the plan of God in our lives. There are three things we can do to respond. The first is, is real simple. God is calling us, however we feel, to come. Look with me at verse 37. Jesus says this, anyone who is thirsty, come to me. This is for anyone. I mean, you can look up the definition of the word anyone. It doesn't say disciples or believers or religious people or Pharisees or good people. It's anyone. The only qualification is thirst. St. Augustine prays this. says, oh Lord, would you put salt on my lips that I may thirst you. That's a great place to start this morning. Say, well, I don't know if I'm thirsty. God, would you help me develop a spiritual thirst? And all we have to do is bring our thirst to God. It's not very complicated. The theologian Frederick Dale Brunner writes these verses. He says this, that Christ himself and all alone offered this sacrifice. And so he can rightly offer his gift to whomever he wants And we learn from this test that simply wanting the gift, thirsting for it, is all that Jesus asks in requirement. In other words, the qualification is just to be thirsty. And the good news is, that's all of us. We all thirst. In a moment, we're going to have an opportunity to come as thirsty people and invite the Holy Spirit to fill us today. The second way to respond today is this, is is to come, but also to drink, to drink. Jesus continues, verse 37, come to me and drink. Jesus wants to satisfy our thirst with spiritual water. That's what the gift of the Holy Spirit is. It's living water deep within you and me. And it's not a one-off experience. It's something that changes us from the inside out. It enables us to go on with the journey that we're called on. It's not something that you do at the beginning of the week or the beginning of a journey. You know, it's not like you come to church on a Sunday and say, hey, fill me up, God, and I'm not going to talk to you for the rest of the week. You wouldn't do that with water in the morning. Errol out there this morning wasn't like, I'll have one sip of water and I'm going to march the 26 miles to Windsor drumming, he would fall over before he got to the West End. We need to continually be refreshed. We need to drink deeply and cultivate that habit if we want to see the fruit of life and love in our lives. So we drink deeply and we drink regularly. We are hardwired to top ourselves up. Right? You and I need to continually refresh what's going on in our souls. God wants to refresh you, and he wants to fill you today. He loves you. He knows exactly what you need. He knows the condition of your soul. And in the same way your body will tell you when you drop 1% water level, you are thirsty. He knows what you need today. And he's saying, come and drink. St. Paul, writing in Ephesians, uses extraordinary phrase. He says this, in Ephesians, he says, be filled with the Spirit. 
Be filled with the Spirit. Now, the, the Greek word be filled is not a, um, like a, like a one-off event kind of verb. It's actually a, a, a what they call a continuous present verb. In other words, it's something that you start doing and then you carry on doing. In the same way that you would say, well, have a drink of water and you carry on having a drink of water. It's not a one-off experience. You know, some of us never knew this. We thought that we, would just, we, we had to kind of rely on being prayed for as a child and that was the faith that we had and therefore it was just going to see us through to the end of our lives. That's not the picture that God presents with us in the Bible. We are called to continually be filled, to be active, to go on being filled. And this starts by admitting that we are in need of help. You can't fill up something that's not empty won't work so we come with a heart that's longing to be filled and I believe God wants to do that for many of us today that he wants to bring a time of refreshing on you some of you may feel really dry spiritually well the Holy Spirit wants to refresh you sometimes we have to say well look I need help hands up I can't do it on my own In Acts chapter 3, Peter is addressing a crowd and he says this amazing thing. He says, repent then and turn to God so your sins may be wiped out. And then look, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Sometimes we need to stop and say, I can't do this on my own. I've tried drinking my own water. It doesn't work. It doesn't taste good. I need living water to keep me alive spiritually. And then the final third way we respond is we are filled, we come, we drink, but then we overflow. We're filled in order that we might overflow. Jesus continues in verse 38. He says, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Notice this, that God doesn't just want to fill you this morning with his Holy Spirit, whether you're watching online or you're in the room. He doesn't want to just fill you like it's kind of a a kind of bless me club. Like, um, hey, you know, we're all about spiritual enrichment. It's not about us. God wants to fill us so that we might overflow and be a blessing to the world around us. We're filled so that we might bring life around us. We become carriers of the water of life. How can you be a positive force in your work tomorrow morning? When you turn up and your boss is like, here's another week, I've got a load of things for you to do. Or you turn up and it's difficult, there's a difficult conversation to have. Or a situation that's challenging in your relational life. How can you make a difference? How can you bring life with your flatmates, or your family, or your friends? Well, in order to give, you've got to have. You've got to be filled in order to overflow. And God is going to fill you this morning so that you can bring life to those around you. You know, in Israel, there are two inland bodies of water. If you've ever been to Israel, you probably went to the, like, the touristy bits, and there are two places to visit. One is the Sea of Galilee, and the Sea of Galilee is beautiful. Hands up, if you've ever been to the Sea of Galilee, it is amazing. It's just, te- it's like something, it's literally teeming with life. It's like out of a Bible cartoon or a picture. It's literally beautiful, and I can see why Jesus picked that part of the world to go. You know, they've got like amazing food. It's, it's just, it's everything you'd want. It's like fresh water, fish, delicious. The Sea of Galilee is an oasis in the midst of a desert. It's full of life. And the river Jordan feeds the Sea of Galilee, and it overflows with goodness. 
And at the end of the Sea of Galilee, the other end of it, there is a, another outlet and the River Jordan carries on flowing and it goes a bit further down the valley and then it ends up in what is called the Dead Sea. And you mean the Dead Sea, it's the one where you float because there's so much salt in the water. Now the same river feeds both bodies of water. The difference is the Dead Sea is literally dead. There's nothing in it. No fish, no plant life. It's just this dead body of salty water. Both are fed by the same river. What's the difference? Well, the difference is this. The Sea of Galilee that's full of life doesn't just flow in, it flows out. The Dead Sea The same river feeds it and flows in, but there is no outlet. It doesn't overflow. And the consequence is that it is dead. Your life can look like either. You can choose to be a Sea of Galilee or a Dead Sea kind of person. God wants to fill you and I, not so that we might just hang on to what we have, but that we might give it away and overflow. Churchill said this, you make a living by what you get. You make a life by what you give. So God wants to fill you and I this morning, I believe, so that we would overflow. And that's what Jesus is saying. It's as you get filled with the Holy Spirit, as you come and you drink, streams of living water flow from you through your relationships, through your life, through your time, your energy, your talents, your gifts, your whole world suddenly becomes an oasis that can bring lives alive, that can bring hope to the people around you. I remember when I first was filled with the Holy Spirit. I walked into a church service a bit like this and I uh, was terrified. I had not been to a church with like young people in it or anybody who kind of was, was like seemed to believe anything. I'd grown up with like, you know, lovely kind of Anglican religion and I'm an Anglican vicar so I can, I can say that. Um, but most of the time it left my heart kind of cold. It didn't seem to mean anything to me. And then as a, like age 18, I, I, my faith came alive and I, I walked into a church service where people were sort of like acting like it was real and they believed. And at the end of the service, I remember the person who was leading the service said, hey, if you're here and you're thirsty, God wants to fill you with the water of life. And I was like, that can't be for me. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not really, I, I didn't describe myself as a Christian at the time. You know, I, I thought, well, that can't be for somebody like me. I've got all these hurts and hang-ups and flaws and failures, and I'm not a very religious person. I'm sure there are people on the front row who God is really interested in. I'm hiding at the back of the balcony. He can't work in my heart. And the person leading the service said, you know, this isn't for the super Christians. This is for everyone, for anyone who's thirsty. And I remember at that point, my heart rose because I was certainly thirsty. I definitely wanted to receive from God something that would bring my soul alive in the same way that my body needs water. Spiritually, I needed that life. And so I remember praying, and I came forward actually at the end of the service, and someone prayed for me, and uh, they were a sweet guy, and they just said, look, I, I'm not very good at this, so I don't, I, you know, I don't really know how to pray for anybody, uh, but I'm just going to put my hand on your shoulder, if that's okay, and I'm going to pray, come Holy Spirit. And they obviously thought they weren't very good at it, because um, they were basically apologizing the whole way through praying for me. <laughs> but as they prayed for me, I began to experience almost like uh, love being poured into my soul. 
And it's really hard to describe, and it's very personal, it's very difficult to put into words, but you know when you know that you're in love and you're being filled with love, because your heart will tell you. St. Paul writes this in Romans, that, that it's by the Spirit that the love of God is poured into our hearts. That's literally what God wants to do in you and me. So there I was at the front of this church, and not knowing anything about anything, but I experienced that promise that Jesus makes, come, all who are thirsty, drink. You're going to experience that love. And honestly, I look back at that moment and my life has been radically different since then. I walked away from that service. I was like, alive on the inside. And not only that, but I've had to learn over the years since then that I need to keep drinking that it's not a one-off experience, that the Holy Spirit wants to come and fill me each morning in the same way that I keep, as my throat gets dry even now, I need to keep hydrating. We're designed to be dependent on heaven. We're not created to be independent. That's pointless. We're created for love, for community, and you can't love in a vacuum. God wants to teach us again that we need to receive love. How does he do that? The Holy Spirit does that. He comes and fills us. So what we're going to do today is nothing special on one level, but it's what people have been doing ever since that moment Jesus stood up 2,000 years ago and said, come, anyone who's thirsty, drink. It's what happened on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came and filled. 3,000 people came to faith. It's what happens every day in billions of Christians' lives around the world, churches of every shape and size and denomination, that we rely on that water to keep refreshing us. So I want to encourage you today to come and drink. And it starts with the simple question, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Let me encourage you today that God is not going to disappoint you. When you stand and you ask him to come, as I did all those years ago, the Holy Spirit will come. He comes by faith. We don't need to feel anything. It's deep in our souls. He will do the work. All we need to do is come and be thirsty. So let me ask you again, are you thirsty today? Would you come? Would you come and stand? And let's invite the Holy Spirit right now. So I'm going to invite you to stand and I'm going to pray for you. And it might be that you're here and this is all new. That church is like, a, you know, it, it's a club that you don't feel you belong to. And that, that's great. Jesus was great on people who didn't have any particular religious affiliation. In fact, he tended to hang out with those more than he did the religious types. And maybe you're here today and you're trying to figure out your purpose, your calling, your direction, your destiny. Maybe you're like Errol and you're on a journey. You know God has called you to something, but you know the road is going to be long. And you're going to need to hydrate along the way spiritually. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I have no idea if I feel any thirst in my soul. I don't even know I had a soul. Let me encourage you. God knows you have a soul. God knows what you need. He wants to fill you today. He wants to teach you to be dependent on him. And so I'm simply going to ask um, that we pray. And I find it real helpful to hold my hands out. It's kind of a sign to God that, um, that, uh, that I need him. 
how do you receive a gift? Well, you know, you can't receive a gift with your hands in your pockets. Someone tries to give you a present and you're like, well, thanks for the present. Just pop it on the floor. <laughs> no, you, you receive by, by receiving. And so I hold my hands out. It's body language in a sense for my brain to remind me that I want to receive from God. And then I'm going to pray a really simple prayer. And in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come forward if you'd like to be prayed for, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so there's a bunch of people here who, who love to pray. And if you're um, part of our hosting team or you're in a connect group here or you are a regular here at church, we'd love you in a moment to come and pray for people. And that's, again, not complicated. You don't need to pray long prayers or in Latin or Greek. You can just lay a hand on someone's shoulder if they're comfortable and say, would you like me to pray? And the prayer is just come, Holy Spirit. God will take care of the rest. So why don't we pray? Jesus says, come, all who are thirsty. Drink. Receive the gift of the water of life. So Holy Spirit, we invite you right now. Would you come and fill each one of us in this place today? Thanks for listening to this week's talk. If you'd like to find out more, give or connect with us, visit our website, saint.church. Have a great week and we'll see you soon.